RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. And by Blackstone Products. To see their complete line of griddles and accessories, visit them at blackstoneproducts.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Hey everybody, it's Jeremy and Stephanie from RVFTA.com and from the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast coming to you with a historical episode of Campground of the Week because it is the last episode of Campground of the Week, but at the same time, it's not our last campground review by any stretch of the imagination. So what we are doing is we are moving Campground of the Week over into the RV Family Travel Atlas feed. So the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast will now come out four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and one of those segments every week will be a campground review or a batch of campground reviews or some campground a recommendations. Travel segment. Travel segment yeah. that includes some campgrounds. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of the rare people that subscribe to Campground of the Week, but not RV Family Travel Atlas. It's time to make a change. Yeah, go on into whatever podcast app you listen on and make sure that you're subscribed to RV Family Travel Atlas, and then you'll get your campground of the week fix within that feed every single week. But we've got a good one to end on. I, this is awesome because it's, it's so one awesome. of our yeah. absolute favorite campgrounds that our family has ever visited. I would put it in my top Five campgrounds of all time, maybe. I would go really high with this one. So we're going to give you a review of the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA, which we loved and adored. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Blackstone. From the large 36-inch four-burner griddles to the 17-inch one-burner tabletop version, you'll find a Blackstone that's right for you and your lifestyle, whether you're at home, grilling and griddling on the back deck, or at the campground. Blackstone lets you cook everything that you can on a traditional grill, but then also all the things that you can't. So yes, you can do your burger, your steak, your hot dogs, but you can also do bacon and cheese steaks and eggs and pancakes. We ate at so many restaurants in Charleston. The one meal that I (laughs) actually made at the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA, I made smash burgers for the boys on the 17-inch Blackstone Adventure Series. Loved it. No 
one will ever walk away hungry when you're cooking on a Blackstone. Join the more than 1 million happy Blackstone customers and go over to blackstoneproducts.com. There's always free shipping, plus use code RVFTA for 10% off your order. And you know what, Jeremy? Also, there's a great blog post that you did if you're trying to decide which size to buy. Yeah, I did a blog post where I walked, I kind of reviewed the 17, the 22, the 28, the 36, and mentioned the tailgater, which Kate has and Kate has used. So uh, if you're trying to decide which one is right for you, I was just really honest about what I loved about each one and then maybe some of like the limitations of the, of the larger ones in terms of bringing them camping. So we will link to that in the show notes. All right, so let's dive into this review of the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA. We decided to take a risk and try a new campground down in Charleston because we had heard great things about Charleston and, you know, the KOA. And they invited us and we said, okay, we love Charleston and we'll come and check out this campground. And it ended up to be one of our Well, favorites. let's be just really honest here. Like, James Island County yeah. Park is a, has a famous campground. We went three years ago. We loved it. It's also a real favorite. Um, but then we figured we might as well try this Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA so that we well, can people have... people like it. People love it. And everybody's always talking about those being the two best options to camp around Charleston. And part of what we do is we always want to have that personal experience with the places that are popular in, in a certain area. So we felt like, you know, it's definitely important for us to go and to see this other campground. We don't want to, you know, not know what it's like there. And then turn around. I didn't miss James Island County I Park know. for one second, and I couldn't not, believe it. Not, not for a second. And that's. And I'm not saying the KOA is better, but I, what I will say is that the next time we go to Charleston, we are going to stay at the KOA. The boys loved this campground. They spent hours at the playground at the basketball court, playing catch. And we were able to kind of really relax and unwind. So um, this just hit a real sweet spot for us. And the next time we return to Charleston, it will be here, I'm certain. We loved, loved, loved it. So what are some of the things that really brought this campground to life for us and made it a top favorite? So this is a KOA that is branded as a holiday. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the brandings in the KOA system, um, some people have a hard time understanding the differences in a lot of the KOAs out there. So they, you know, even I think on one of your posts, we saw this comment. It's a very common comment. People say, maybe I don't stay at KOAs. And we always like to educate people and say, that's not really a valid statement because there's a huge difference in KOAs across their different branding categories. So there's the journey ones that are really set up just to be quick stops off the road. If you're moving from one place to another to offer that safe, clean place for you to plug in overnight and then move on. And then there's the holiday ones. And the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA falls into the category of holiday KOA. And I think it was the perfect example of that. They're made so that people can come park their rig for a week and in a really fun destination. So they know that you're going to go out and explore the surrounding area and do all the activities and restaurants and everything in the area. But then they also know that you're going to spend a significant amount of time at the campground and that you're going to want 
all of the the pool, the playground, the uh, the well-stocked camp store, all those extra amenities too. It's the base camp idea. So then KOA has the resort, and that idea is that you could literally spend your whole vacation there. Like say the Cape Hatteras KOA. Mm-hmm. Like we go there, and you might only leave if you need some groceries or something. Yeah. I mean you, that the, that is the experience. Right here for us, it's like we're going to spend sixty to seventy percent of our time exploring Charleston, and maybe thirty to forty percent of our time chilling at the campground. And this strikes that perfect balance. This is almost like the textbook example of the KOA holiday model where Mm -hmm. it serves as a base camp for a region. And it's a really fun place to hang out and relax and have fun as well. Yeah. So the interesting part about this KOA is that it's the, the grounds are really large, but the actual campground part with campsites is, is relatively on the smaller side. Um, and, I liked that model. So what happened is because there's a smaller area with probably under a a hundred sites. I I counted under a hundred for RV sites. There's lots of cabins. and Right. And then there's cabins, but then there's so much room at the campground that isn't campsites. So this creates a really nice feel to the place where you've got the campsites, but then you also have these huge areas that are fields and dog parks and, you know, Yeah. So there's a whole area that's a gigantic camp canine. There's a huge field next to it where we played catch, except for the morning where the alligator was sunning on the banks of the river. Not the river, the lake. <laughs> the lake. <laughs> There's also a really nice-sized lake there where, where I kayaked a bunch of nights, and also lots of people were fishing. And then there's also like a, um, I don't know what the technical term is, but it's like a nature preserve on the back of the campground where they you cannot build. Yeah. And it's part of their property, but nothing can be built on it. And there's a mile-and-a-half nature trail that's like mm-hmm. a gorgeous, legit little ramble through the woods and along the water. So Stephanie nailed it. Like it's a small campground on a big piece of property and it and it's built on a historical southern plantation. Right, Oakland Plantation and the original family, uh, the descendants of the original owners of Oakland Plantation are actually the owners of the campground and we were able to meet uh, one of the owners and we toured the Oakland Plantation and got um, a real insight into the history of the place and that's one of the really um, amazing features of this campground is because they still own all the surrounding property of that plantation, they do every Tuesday and Thursday. You know, of course, those times might change when you visit, but they do a wagon ride and it's actually a guided wagon ride around the plantation and the original houses and everything. And they give you the history of there. So that's one of the important parts of visiting Charleston is really diving in and experiencing and kind of soaking up a little of that really sort of important and also tragic part of American history. And I love the fact that you could do it on the campground itself and it made you feel and What a like, unique location yeah, for a campground. You didn't even have to go to one of the plantations to kind yeah. of learn a lot and get that um, that insight. So now let's talk about like a little bit more about where it's located mm-hmm. and a little just a little bit more about the physical appearance. It is not that far off of um, highway 17, right. which is a major highway in Mount Pleasant that can take you in, right into downtown Charleston. So it's just a couple of turns away from the highway, but it feels 
a mile away from the highway. Yeah, there's it's, no noise. It's that there's perfect no, balance. Yeah. It's quiet and it's peaceful. But I, I rode my bike to Starbucks one morning, right. right out on the highway, right? And there's all kinds of great restaurants nearby. There's lots of shopping nearby. There's services nearby. There's a Firestone Tire place nearby. I mean, like anything you might need is out there on Highway 17. And, inclu- and it's a lot of chain stores and stuff like that. But then there is also a lot of like really good local Mount Pleasant restaurants and coffee shops and stuff like that. So I really love I really like the Mount Pleasant area. Yeah. So, and anybody that's trying to decide where to stay, also when they visit Charleston, make sure you listen to our um, Charleston podcast episode over on RVFTA. That's paired with this episode, and we'll link to it in the show notes over at RVFTA.com. Because Mount Pleasant and James Island, not only are they different kind of campgrounds, but they're in incredibly different locations. So, what happens is like the the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA is sort of northeast. Then Charleston downtown, the historic downtown Charleston is kind of in the middle. And then southwest a little bit, if you're looking at the map, because the coastline kind of curves in, southwest is James Island. So you're on opposite sides of downtown Charleston, and it's almost like completely different activities and beaches. Not and almost. It really is. You're in well, two Well, we did different... a little. You can, you know, we did a little bit on both so sides. So at James but... Island, you're going to be near Folly mm-hmm. Beach. Yeah. And at the Mount Pleasant Charleston KOA, you're going to be near Sullivan's Island, Isle de Palms. So yeah. what I would, I, we know a lot of people in our audience are, have only camped at James Island when they've gone to mm-hmm. Charleston. I would, I just want to throw this out there. I really think you should try the KOA because it's a great KOA, but also because of what Stephanie just said, you'll probably experience and see a lot of different things that you've never seen or experienced well, because things staying are, at James right. Island. So if you're at James Island, there's going to be places like I would Google, like there was a place on my list that I wanted to do, like coastal expeditions that we talked about over there. But when I Googled the drive time to the coastal expeditions ferry, when we were staying at James Island, it was say um, an hour from door and not probably not more like 45 minutes to get from the campground to the ferry. Now the ferry left at nine in the morning. You had to be there a half hour before and it just seemed like a little too far. So I put it off my list. Well, it was 15 minutes away from the Mount Pleasant KOA. Which, <laughs> so that we did it this time, which all made it all kind of add up to a very different yeah. Charleston. Trip. We picked different things to do because of the location and we weren't too far away. We didn't go away. to Isle de Palms last time. Right. And that we ended up having a lovely day at the beach there and a lovely breakfast there at Acme, well, and that's which we talk about on the RBFTA podcast. Totally different food options, too. There's a lot of really popular um, restaurants in the Mount Pleasant area that you might miss if you're staying over at James Island and vice versa. So it's just a really different experience and um, both of them are totally worthwhile. Absolutely. If you're going to go in high season in around a holiday or in the summer, you're going to want to book in advance here because it's a small, small, medium sized to the kind of small campground. And the owner said they book out in the and summer. In summer, he they could be sold jammed, out for yeah. sure. Uh, and you are going to pay it, the sites. The prices vary. We were on a gorgeous deluxe patio site. I believe it was about $90 a night while we were there, but it was a large, gorgeous site. There were other full hookup sites for about 70 ish a night. So I think you're looking at 70 to 90 for a lot of the sites there. Um, 
But it's urban camping. It's urban camping. That's I mean, the you're price right tag. in the thick yeah. of things. Mm-hmm. Your price tags, if you're out there somewhere listening to this um, in a more rural area and you're shocked by the numbers, you, when you're us and you're used to camping outside of Philadelphia or D.C., you're not shocked by and numbers if like if that. there's not traffic, you're 15 minutes from downtown Charleston. Yeah, I mean, you're really close to the city. You shoot right here. up 17. Um, and we even did it in rush hour, unfortunately, one time when we were leaving the city. Um, and it was, I think it only took us under a half hour still to get all the way to the campground. And we started in downtown in the middle of rush hour. So that was pretty nice to see. Now, there are some nice sites up at the water that you might want to get, like site B2, for instance. And our deluxe patio site was site 04. Yeah. And that was a really nice site. The site right next to it was a really nice site. I honestly would say... There are not really bad sites at this campground. The Most of the full hookup pull-through sites had a good amount of room to kind of hang out, to eat, et cetera, et cetera. There was good shade everywhere. There was no area of the campground that jumped out as an area where I would be disappointed with my site. No, absolutely. And you said to me, oh, would you rather, when you come back, would you rather have a site, one of the ones that's like full on viewing the lake? Because there are those pull-throughs that we could have put our um, toy hauler through and put out the back and had a beautiful lake view from the back of our toy hauler. And the thing was, is still the deluxe patio site with all of the fire. It was nice enough that I I was like, no, I think I'd still want this site. The deluxe patio site had like two areas that were like combined by a little walkway in between. It almost looked like a figure eight. And the one round part had the picnic table. And then you kind of walked out to your fire pit experience area, which had a gorgeous fire pit and chairs. You didn't even have to set up your camp chairs here if you didn't want to. All right. Now we mentioned that there was a pool there that we enjoyed like at the end of the day. That's always a nice thing for us. Or sometimes at the beginning, like earlier before we go out and do something later in the afternoon. Two decent playgrounds. One's new and really nice. And the other is one of the older, but not old, but the pirate kind of theme playgrounds. That was Stephanie's favorite. She tends to like to do (laughs) the pirate pirate playground. playground. There was a recreation hall where they show like movies at night sometimes. I think the first evening that we were there, we saw the movie playing in there. You could hang out on a rainy night there, yeah. play some board games. Um, a dock with all the, like the paddle boat rentals and a kayak rental and, and things I just wanna, like that. And I want to make clear, this is a great place to bring a kayak. And for me, this was a big deal in terms of like, well, where would I rather camp? James Island or here? Because here I could drag my kayak right from my site mm-hmm. into the lake that was right there. Now, James Island, and Stephanie, correct me if I'm misremembering, James Island has like more of a Pond, it's, and it's, it's not somewhere yeah. I would really think of as no. it's, it's lovely, but it's right. not somewhere I would like want to go for like a kayak ride. No, I think that anytime you can see all sides of a of a lake or a pond, it's not as interesting to kind of kayak around, right, and see little nooks and crannies and get different views. Um, and people catch and were catch and release fishing all week long while we were there. Now, there's also a nice little disc golf course over by an area that we spent a lot of time in because there's the dog park which is beautiful and huge. And it goes right down to the water. With access to and, the water. Yeah. And it's um, fenced off at the water so the dogs can get into the water but not be in danger of, of the alligators. alligators. Which, and I really and like that. they are really there. There yeah. are really alligators there. We saw them. Yeah, so I like that they had that fence uh, running through the water. That made me feel nice and safe with Also, Maggie. they are going to build a splash pad 
I think it's actually on the map right now. And in the coming months, there Mm -hmm. will be a splash pad because the pool is not a huge pool. And then there's an area next to the pool where we were kind of like, well, what what are they building there? They're clearing it off. So they're going to extend the pool area and also have a splash pad, which is a place that gets hot like Charleston in the summer. That'll be a really welcome addition to this campground. All right. So Wi-Fi and cell service. We were doing um, some little projects with some partners while we were there. And it was really great because we were able to use our phones to go live on Facebook Live. We were down there with no service interruptions. Obviously, we're in a more urban area, so it's nice. You have access to those connections, and that's nice. And then also one time, apparently the Wi-Fi went down for a little bit because we got home and a worker actually came over to our site. He was going around and telling everybody that their the Wi-Fi was down but they were working on it. So it was like, okay. (laughs) By the way, that just reminds me that the staff was lovely and they keep this campground really clean. I've never seen a KOA this size that had such a big grounds crew. I mean, there's like a legit grounds crew. Every morning. They come around and they blow off any dirt or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they were all around the pool in the morning. I mean, they're just like, it's just like they're constantly cleaning this campground and it kind of gave me that little bit of a Disney feel where everything's just meticulously clean. Um, now, in terms of nobody's perfect, I would like to see the pool heated. Yes. It was a little chilly for me. I jumped in and jumped out. Yeah, so I feel like in this, especially this area of the South, that's a really good thing to have because you can open the pool earlier in the year, right? You do have that warmer weather. So it's important that if you're opening it earlier, that it's super accessible for people earlier. Like that's what I think about like the Myrtle Beach KOA. We were in that pool swimming around in March because it was heated, you know, and it's warm enough to kind of take the chill off. We've done many spring breaks at the Myrtle Beach KOA in April. And because the pools are heated there, we spent tons of time in the pool. Here, it was more like dive in, cool off. Yeah, the kids are splashing around. The kids spent time in the pool, but my kids are a little psychotic when it comes to water temperatures. They will swim anywhere. Yeah, most kids will do it. So so some insider details, just things to know to help you plan your trip. It's open year-round. As we said, it's super busy in the summer. April weather in Charleston, knock on wood, has been awesome for us. So I just think this is a great spring break destination. Also, you can ride your bike to Starbucks, go get the local newspapers right around the corner. And there is great food right in Mount Pleasant. Now, if you go over to the RVFTA podcast this week, we're going to recommend a bunch of restaurants. But just dropping one here that comes to mind that's nearby is Paige's Okra Grill. And then also there's a great coffee shop near the campground called Tidal Grounds. If you're a coffee fan, you don't want to miss that coffee shop. Yeah. And again, we we talked about the wagon ride through the plantation. And a lot of the time, like I wouldn't necessarily put a wagon ride on my schedule. If I'm staying at a campground, that's more of like a kid activity, right? You're like, take the wagon ride if you have nothing to do. But for this, it actually is part of your ex- local experience. And the wagon ride was fall. Every time yeah. we saw it, like it was, everyone was like, okay, we're doing the wagon ride on the plantation, get the plantation tour. Because it takes you around the bend into this area that you can't really see from the camp ground where the actual plantation house is. It's fascinating. Well, we, um, you know, before we wrap up, we want to say another thing about this campground was that we were able to go and enjoy our Jayco toy hauler (laughs) while we were there, which performed very nicely on its first outing of the year. Well, that's not true. We have a shake. We We always have our shakedown trip. Look, I always feel thankful when truck and trailer perform well on a trip and nothing goes wrong. And you know, nothing went wrong yeah. on this long trip to Charleston. It did take us 14 hours or so to get there. It was a long <laughs> drive. 
but the truck performed well and the toy hauler was great for this trip. So focused on providing a way to create lasting memories, Jayco offers travel trailers, Class A motorhomes, and everything in between. With more standard features and an industry-leading two-year limited warranty, Jayco will go the distance, even 14 hours to Charleston for your family. Maximize every moment, no matter where the journey takes you. Visit your local Jayco dealer or jayco.com for more information. Jayco, generations of family fun. Thank you to everyone who's ever downloaded an episode of Campground of the Week, which is not dying, but being reborn. I mean, we're going to be doing this every week, but we're just putting it all in one place to make it easier for everybody. Um, We're so excited about the new format of RV Family Travel Atlas. It's going to be- It's almost like the Campground of the Week format one out because we're turning every other episode into this shorter 20 minute yeah, 20 thing. minutes a day so Monday it's to just going to be in line with all the other it's ones going to be bite-sized for you so you can listen to a whole episode on your morning commute a whole episode when you go to the gym or when you're doing dishes or the laundry uh, we just love going to that 20 minute format and please if you have not subscribed to rv family travel atlas do that right now so that you can keep getting all of these great campground reviews and one more thing don't worry if there's previous episodes of Campground of the Week that you want to listen to. I know that one of the things people tell us is they go back and listen to an episode right before they go to a destination. These episodes will be available for... As long as there's Stephanie's podcasts out there. Stephanie's going to keep paying the yes. fee. To keep <laughs> the monthly fee is an automatic fee that goes right through to our bank account. So we'll keep up. And I all won't of the, shut yeah. it down. Yeah. So all, the, the 150 <laughs> or however many episodes we've done yeah. will all be just sitting there waiting for you if you want them. Mm-hmm. And all the new ones moving forward will be on RV Family Travel Atlas, along with all the rig reviews, all of the gear reviews, all of the destination stuff, all the stuff you love about this RV lifestyle all over on one podcast. And we will see you at the See you at the campground.